the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Arthur Idala on AM970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go-to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high-profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. So 5 p.m. Tuesday night. Hope you're heading home from work. Maybe you're home already. A lot of people tell me that they are listening while they're cooking dinner. So um, hope you're cooking something good tonight. It is the year of the tiger. So what does that mean in the Lunar New Year? The tiger embodies courage and bravery. So the new year could symbolize resilience and strength, even in times of struggle. Well, you know what, folks? We need some resilience and we need some strength because these are some times of struggle. Um, Today, I walked down the block from my office to St. Patrick's Cathedral, and um, I went in and paid my respects to police officer Wilbert Mora, who will be, um, his funeral will be tomorrow. He'll be elevated to the rank of first grade detective. Um... And it was, you know, it, it was as somber as you would expect it to be. There were tons and tons of police officers, but there were, I was on the civilian line for, obviously, and there were um, very, very many civilians. I will say they, it was very well organized. It was very well run. Um, you know, I was in and out of there in m- much less than an hour. Um, it was interesting because members of, the uh, NYPD and I guess members of the uh, of law enforcement, there were two lines, like one was closer to the open coffin than the other one, but we were still pretty close. I've never been to a wake inside St. Patrick's Cathedral of the hundreds, probably thousands of times I've been to St. Patrick's Cathedral. But, um, you know, it's one thing when we read about it in the newspaper, it's one thing that the New, one thing that the New York Times, I don't think has any anything about it. I don't think they had anything about it this whole weekend, uh, which really upsets me. Um, but, you know, when you're there and you're confronted with it, and, you, you know, <clears throat> I was asked if I wanted to meet the family, but the family was clearly in mourning and they don't need to meet me and I don't want to bother them. The one thing I made clear was to please convey to them that, you know, our law firm is available for anything they need. The way we set up the foundation for Detective Ramos and Detective Lou, of course, we do that for them uh, on a complimentary basis and anything else they need. But, it, you know, it really brings home the reality of the situation when a police officer gets killed. And, you know, when you're looking at um, all of the, you know, preparing for the show over the, even the last hour, and I'm looking at all of the the news articles and folks, you know, there's a lot of crime going on. I mean, even if the um, 
even if sometimes it gets a little blown out of proportion, I mean, all of the uh, headlines that you read, NYPD officer, this is like within hours ago, NYPD officer arrest man caught on video punching a toddler in Harlem. I mean, what is that all about? The next headline, thief robs woman at knife point in Upper West Side building lobby. I mean, the Upper West Side is, uh, you know, supposed to be a pretty nice place to live. Man killed, woman hurt in broad daylight, East Harlem shooting. As I said, you know, when I when I agreed to take on this microphone, I'm like, I want to keep it happy and upbeat, and, and I'm doing my best. But when you read, um, you know, what's going on in the streets of New York, and maybe it's me, I just don't remember these headlines um, during the Bloomberg administration, during the, the beginning of the de Blasio uh, administration. Is it coronavirus? Is it eight years of Bill de Blasio's policies? Is it new district attorneys? You know, if you look at the DAs that were in place when de Blasio took place and the DAs that are now, there is no one there. I don't think there's anyone there uh, that was there during the Bloomberg administration. So something needs to be done. Now, you know, if you want to jump back to the year of the tiger, we need to be courageous and we need to be brave. And um, Mayor Adams, having the president of the United States here in 48 hours, is going to get some help being courageous and being brave. Not that he needs help. But, I mean, he was a police officer for 22 years. You, know, you, you got to be pretty brave and courageous to have that job. Um, the president of the United States is coming. That speaks volumes uh, about a lot of things. Number one, it speaks volumes about our city. Okay, he's not going uh, to every city in in the country. He knows there's a crisis here, and he knows he knows that he needs New York, and that for his presidency, which he still has three years left to be successful, New York needs to be successful. Bill Clinton knew that, and Joe Biden knows that. Um, I think Donald Trump really cared about it, but we're not going to go. We're not going to go there. Um, so he's not only is he going to meet with Mayor Adams, but he's going to go to the NYPD headquarters. And what is that for? I mean, that's for a morale boost, but that's okay. You know, having the president of the United States of America, whomever that is, come into your job and give you a high five. Yeah, if that doesn't make you feel good at the end of the day, I'm not sure what will. Um, a little bit of interesting news is that um, Governor Hochul. Maybe replying in some ways to Tom Swazi, who's now aggressively running against her, and he's running these ads, basically saying, if if I'm the governor and there's a DA who is not enforcing the law, I am going to remove that district attorney because the governor has the opportunity to do that. Um, I think the last time it was done was when Governor Franklin Roosevelt was in office. Governor Franklin Roosevelt, not President Franklin Roosevelt. So that's a very 100 years ago plus. Um, so now Hochul, Governor Hochul meets with D.A. Bragg, um, and she didn't really speak much about it immediately thereafter, but she spoke today, and uh, she was addressing something else, t- talking about coronavirus, um, but then, and then she spoke about, then she was at the Interstate Task Force on Illegal Guns, um, but she said she had a good meeting with, with the D.A., with D.A. Bragg, and that he's been on the job a very small, short amount of time, and that, this is her quote, I cut him some slack. He's only been on the job a quarter of the time that I have, and I've only been on the job a very short time. 
So she's basically saying, let's give him a chance. Uh, quote, unquote, give him some time. Um, okay, we're going to give him some time. I mean, look, I said to uh, District Attorney-elect Alvin Bragg, when I met him at John Katzimatidi's, uh hosted Police Athletic League lunch, I said, you have to, you have to prosecute people who are jumping the turnstile. And his answer to me was, well, the current DA doesn't do that. I'm like, okay, <laughs> but so, so what does that mean? And, you know, the current DA is prosecuting other things that your, your day one memo says you're not going to prosecute. I spoke um, just a little while before we came on the air. I spoke to a native New Yorker who has been riding the subway her entire life. And she said, I'm afraid to go on the subway. And I've said this all the time. And I'll tell you who, who said it, who said it to me first. And we agreed together was Brooklyn district attorney, Eric Gonzalez. If we lose the subways, meaning they're not, people don't feel safe. We lose the city. And you could just extrapolate that out. If people don't go on the subways, now they're taking more cars. They're taking more cabs. There's more congestion. People are late. We lose the revenue. Um, We have to get the subways in order. And if you're allowing people to hop the subway, to hop the, the turnstile, like I see them do all the time now. There was a story in the paper that someone then just went to the the uh, the clerk in the toll booth and said they're jumping the turnstile. Why should not? Why should I pay? And you know what the clerk said? I don't I I don't know any reason why you should pay. Now, I would pay because it's the right thing to do. I'm getting a service, a service that needs money, and the only way it's going to get the money is for me to swipe my card or now I just put my phone on there. But the fact that the DA uh, Bragg is going to go to this funeral tomorrow where he got, you know, verbally abused, uh, at the last funeral. Um, he, he's got to, he's got to turn things around and he's got to do it fast. You know, I'm here in midtown Manhattan and you know, it, there's just not that same vibe that there was during the Bloomberg years where, you know, you felt confident and you didn't look over your shoulder. Now you got to give Giuliani credit for that, but you got to give, you know, uh, you have to give Bloomberg extra credit because everyone thought crime was going to go up when Rudy left and it didn't. It kept going down and kept going down. Did there need to be some changes? Yes. But there's crazy bail reform changes and, and no one's really talking about that. No one's really addressing that, that, that we need to revisit that. Governor Hochul hasn't really pushed out there saying we need to revisit it. But the system is, is not running as well as it can in a, law enforcement aspect of us on the streets but i'm going to have a guest come on in a, in a few minutes who's going to talk about how things badly things are in rikers island and you know for the system to work properly for us to be proud of our criminal justice system it's not only about treating the victims fairly it's also treating those accused of crimes fairly we're not a communist nation we're not a totalitarian society in America, you're innocent until proven guilty, and the system has to work on all ends, from the initial arrest to the where you're doing your time at sentencing and everything in the middle. So we're going to come on. We're going to have a guest next who's going to give us a little inside scoop about what's going on as we speak in Rikers Island.
So what I'm about to tell you is going to be hard to believe. Like people who know me very well and trust me and believe every word that I say um, are going to think that I'm making this up, but I'm not. Um, when I uh, got off the air yesterday, I looked at my phone. Uh, it was whatever it was, a minute to seven. And one of my colleagues here at the law firm, Lawrence, sends me a text that says, call me ASAP. Now, he and I are working on a very big case together, so I'm assuming there's some development in the case. So I didn't call him right away. I waited until like 7.10, 7.15, and then I call him, and I hear him go, uh, no, I don't have ID. I, 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 and then he goes, all right, I'll call you back, and he hangs up. I'm like, okay, I don't know who he was talking to, saying he didn't have ID. And then five minutes later, my phone rings, and it's him. I go, Lawrence, what's up? He goes, I just got hit by a car. I'm not going to be in tomorrow. you got to cover this case. You gotta... I said, wait, What? He's like, yeah, I just I got to Queens. I got out of the subway, and I got hit by a car. Now, he's okay. He's home. He's in pain. But, you know, Imran almost got hit by a car a week ago. Now, Lawrence did get hit by a car yesterday. And guess what they both have in common? They're about the same age. Lawrence is in his late 30s, married, two children, no will, no health care proxy, no power of attorney, no living will. It's like the shoemaker who has no shoes. So what are these guys going to do? They're going to go see Mike Connors at Connors and Sullivan. They're going to get all of those documents in order. I have them in order. They're going to get them in order because at Connors and Sullivan, with their 40 years of experience, they will be able to sit down with, with these two separate couples who have children, who have everything to live for, but and, and when you're alive, that's when you need the power of attorney in case you're in the hospital and you can't make certain uh, business decisions. That's when you need the health care proxy because if you're in the hospital and some, on the worst case scenario, you can't communicate. You need to tell someone else you want to give someone the power to communicate for you. And if, God forbid, you unexpectedly die, you need that will or a trust. So let's get it together, folks. Connors and Sullivan, 718 238 6500-718-238-6500. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Mitsubishi dreamers, designers, and engineers are redefining choices in mobility for a whole new generation of independent, modern, and savvy consumers who want value, like the new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander featuring its industry-leading Mitsubishi 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today, freeholdmitsubishi.com, or call 732-863-2788. guest Christopher Boyle playing his guitar his lead guitar you would think uh, you're in the middle of a hurricane because it's so powerful but he's not coming on in his capacity as a musician Chris Boyle is coming on his capacity of the uh, director of data research and policy at the New York County Defenders Association those are the lawyers um, who do a huge job 
Uh, they work alongside the Legal Aid Society. When someone gets charged with a crime in Manhattan and they can't afford their own lawyer, they're assigned certain lawyers. Um, and Christopher Boyle has gone up through the ranks from his time in the Brooklyn uh, Legal Aid Society. And then he jumped over the uh, Brooklyn Bridge to the New York County Defenders. And now he's uh, at a very high uh, executive position over there. Welcome to the show, Mr. Boyle. Hi, how's everybody doing tonight? Did, did, I, uh, did we play appropriate music for you there, Mr. Boyle? Yeah, you played appropriate music for me this evening, yes. Okay, so... Um, it's no secret that Chris and I know each other a very long time, uh, not only in the world of the law, but in the world of life. Um, so Chris, here's the bottom line. First of all, tell people mainly who's housed in Rikers Island right now. So the people that are housed at Rikers Island right now are mainly pretrial detainees. That's about 85 to 90% of the people on Rikers Island. The other percentages are uh, a mixed bag of some people that are serving a small amount of city jail sentences and people who have parole holds. But it's mainly pretrial detainees. People are waiting uh, uh, their cases in uh, New York City courts for, for uh, trial. And so now with the new bail laws where so many crimes are not eligible for bail, Give me an idea of, of like the, the crimes that people who are in there, what they're charged with. Obviously, the most serious crime, which is homicide. But besides homicide, what other crimes are those people waiting to be adjudicated on? Well, it's, it's a mixed bag. I mean, it's obviously less misdemeanors than it used to be. There's about uh, 4 to 5 percent of the people that are on Rikers Island right now that are housed as uh, pretrial uh, have a misdemeanor. About 18% have nonviolent felonies. So that's about 25% nonviolent felonies and misdemeanors. And then there would be the, the rest of the group, which would be about 75%, would be some form of a violent felony. Okay. But again, those are of that, that's 75%. Those are people who have been arrested, but they have not been convicted, correct? Correct. Okay. So now uh, tell us a little bit how the whole coronavirus and the whole COVID-19 over the last basically two years now, how has that affected the court system as you know it? Because I know you just recently testified in front of um, the city council and, and, you know, and, and your access to clients and helping them prepare their defense. So when, when COVID hit back in, in 2020, uh, there was a huge effort amongst all the players, the district attorney's offices, uh, the office of court administration, as, as well as all the different defender agencies to really make an effort to get as many people off of the island as we could, because nobody really knew uh, what COVID could do to people. There were people obviously on, on Rikers Island that had pre-existing conditions. And so I would say in April and May of 2020, there was a huge effort to really um, try to get a lot of people off of the island. Um, that kind of ended in the summer of 2020. Uh, that kind of cooperation ended because I think that to some degree, I think there was a normalization of COVID. Um, and so the population began to spring back up again. There were some bail rollbacks that happened in July of 2020 that uh, exacerbated that. Um, what has happened over the last eight to nine months is that the way Department of Corrections has been operating at Rikers Island is if somebody tests positive um, for COVID, uh, they basically shut down the entire dormitory. So what, is it, what does that uh, mean when they, they shut it that, down? So that basically nobody gets produced for their court visits. Nobody gets okay. produced for video conferences. 
Um, and so what we would having to do is that we would have to tell a judge. A judge would then have to make a request to the Department of Corrections to have a specific client tested for COVID early in the morning. If they tested negative, then it was possible that they might be able to be produced. But they were having this policy that was making it much more difficult to have anybody produced to court because they themselves had uh, very, very low staffing, right? So you couldn't split people up anymore on, on Rikers Island into different uh, areas of Rikers because they were, that would spread the already short staff too thin. So what ended up happening is you were putting a lot of people together that shouldn't have been together. Uh, and then that made it for made it more difficult to have people produced for council visits and people produced for court. So, Chris, so let me ask you this question. How come, still, how, come, still happening. how come they didn't use any of the auxiliary sites like the Brooklyn House of Detention or, or the other, you know, non-Rikers Island detention centers? Do you know? I really don't have a clue as to why that didn't happen. There was um, there is a courtroom in which was a weird thing that they were doing. There was a courtroom that had a video conference uh, ability in Manhattan. And they were, they were basically bringing the people that were in that courtroom, they were bringing them from Rikers Island to the Manhattan House of Detention to then appear by video, video from the right. Manhattan House of Detention into this particular courtroom, which didn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but it was never really explained about why they were operating that way. Uh, Brooklyn House of Detention, I think, has been shut for much longer than the Manhattan House of Detention. I think there was just basically, uh, you know, lack of staff and they want to shut those buildings down because the plan is to build uh, new borough based jails. Let's Chris, let me let's talk about trials for a second, for a second. I mean, in in, in your position over there, you have your fingers on the pulse of all the data and and what um, what's going on with the trials? In other words, how many trials have there been in, in New York County, Manhattan uh, you know, in 2020, 2021, you don't have to give me exact numbers, but compared to, you know, 2017, 18, 19. Oh, I mean, there's obviously been a drastic, drastic reduce. I mean, I, my recollection is that there may have been two or three trials done between when COVID first hit, which would have been the end of March of 2020 to the end of that calendar year, which would have and been com- December compare, of 2020. Com- okay, so compare that just so listeners have any idea. So let's say there was three or four how many would there be in a normal year in 2018, 2019? I think in, in, in a normal year, four or 500 trials. I mean, they're significant. I mean, it's a significant drop. So um, now, now are, you, are you talking about in the county or in the city? In all the, five, because I know you deal with in all New five. York county. So in New York County, you're saying there would be, let's just lowball, it would be 400 trials, typically. Right. Around. Yep. And, and then yeah. and in 2020, there's four, five, right. ten. And okay, now let me ask you the question because Mayor Adams has brought this up, and you're a New Yorker, and your family's here, and even though you and I defend people, we want to live in the safest city possible. How much of an effect do you think that has had on the rise of crime, there being the lack of trials? I don't think that that has any significant uh, uh, rate of crime. Basically, what we have seen is that there has been a rise in uh, gun charges and homicide charges, which is a phenomenon that's been happening across the country. So, you know, it's the kind of thing that I've talked about before with other people, which is you're, you're making policy decisions based upon a pandemic, right? Obviously, if, if crime rates of violent crime in terms of homicide and gun charges are going up in other places other than New York City, then that's not necessarily anything to do with the lack of trials 
um, because I know that trials are happening in other in other states and other cities. Uh, nor does the bail law have any effect on that either. So, I mean, I, I think that you wouldn't make a decision on what, you know, gas prices during the pandemic were incredibly low because nobody was driving. But you wouldn't necessarily make policy decisions about gas prices and gas policy during a pandemic, right? Because that just wasn't a normal year. And so I, I just don't think you can make judgment calls um, based upon what's been going on for the last 18 to 24 months. All right. So somehow or another, we ran out of time. But um, maybe next week you can come back because I know there's a hunger strike going on. I know people are trying to get Mayor, uh, the president of the United States to come to Rikers Island. But I think you'll agree Rikers Island needs to be fixed, correct? Yes, absolutely. All right. Thanks for being on, Chris Boyle. We'll talk to you real soon. All right now. Have a good night. I'm Lou Dobbs, Home Depot, ready to hire 100,000 more workers. Is Amazon about to raise its Prime membership subscription prices? Another GM union vote, this one in Mexico. Those stories next. Here's some great news. If you missed the deadline to sign up for health insurance or if, like a lot of people, you just have a plan you're not happy with, you still have a choice. It's called MediShare. It's a Christian health care sharing program. There are more than 400,000 members now. And they love it. In fact, MediShare has doubled the customer satisfaction rate compared to that of health insurance. And MediShare really is the gold standard when it comes to healthcare sharing. It's been around more than 25 years. Members have shared more than $4 billion of each other's medical bills. Plus, MediShare is for you. It has saved its members billions by advocating on their behalf. Best of all, the typical savings for a family is around $6,000 a year. So if you think you're stuck with a high-cost health plan that doesn't have much to offer, think again. MediShare has a 98% customer satisfaction rating, and you are invited to be part of it. Call now, 877-64-BIBLE. That's 877-64-BIBLE. 877-64-BIBLE. Home Depot made a surprising announcement today. The home improvement chain plans to hire more than 100,000 new workers across all its stores and warehouses as it gears up for its peak spring selling season. This personnel upswing expected once winter passes and gardening begins again. As Amazon's quarterly reporting approaches Thursday, one question customers are asking is, will Amazon raise the price of its prime delivery service? Observers think it will because the cost of labor and delivery services and including fuel, have skyrocketed this year due to the Biden inflation rate. On Wall Street, stocks closing higher. The Dow Jones Industrials rallied 273 points. Voting is underway at a General Motors plant in Mexico on whether it will become the first in that nation to form an independent labor union. Please join me tomorrow. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Driving ambition for 40 years in the United States, Mitsubishi Motors sees the automotive industry differently. Mitsubishi challenges convention with innovative approaches in the way Mitsubishi engineers and builds their vehicles. Just look at the all-new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander, now in stock in all trim levels and all with the flexibility of third-row seating. Visit Mitsubishi Freehold today. FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732 News, opinion, passion. This is AM 970, The Answer. Partly cloudy skies on this Tuesday evening. It's 33 degrees. What's going on? We have the answer. Well, police are on the scene this evening in Harlem after a shooting this afternoon. It happened on 125th Street and Frederick Douglass Boulevard in front of the Gap Store. 
Authorities say a man was shot around 3 o'clock and is in critical condition. They're still looking for suspects. President Biden and Attorney General Merrick Garland head to New York City Thursday to talk about gun violence. The president and the attorney general will meet with New York City Mayor Eric Adams. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said the Biden administration wants to be a good partner with cities grappling with increased gun violence over the past two years. Governor Hochul and law enforcement officials are also expected to attend the meeting. And hate crime charges are being considered against a snowplow driver accused of deliberately dumping snow on two Jewish men in New Jersey. Sarah Lee Kessler has more. The Ocean County Prosecutor's Office is investigating after the Jewish men who were walking outside during Saturday's nor'easter claimed the driver sprayed the snow on them on purpose. They pressed charges after seeing cell phone video taken from inside the plow truck, widely posted on social media. The driver, who works for a private company, has been suspended, while police and prosecutors investigate. Sarah Lee Kessler, NBC News Radio, New Jersey. Thank you, Sarah. Lead taking a look at the traffic in Manhattan, northbound West Side Highway. Still slow from the 90s up to the GWB. FDR, it's not too bad. Some volume from the 90s to the Triborough. The Harlem River Drive is getting better, but you are slow on final approach to the ramp for the GWB. Eastbound Cross Bronx at Jerome, an accident still being cleared. Westbound slow from the Bronx River Parkway right across to the George Washington Bridge. Mostly cloudy skies tonight with steady temperatures in the low to mid-30s. Cloudy skies tomorrow, high 41. Cloudy skies on Thursday with rain likely, high 46. That rain could turn to a brief time of freezing rain early Friday morning. And now you know what's going on. I am Mike Barker on AM 970, The Answer. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. You know, if you just heard that news about the guy drop, dumping snow on the Jewish folks, obviously he, he's entitled to uh, to a hearing and, and to a trial or whatever. But if that's true, if a guy dro- operating a m- machinery as huge as a snowplow or as small as a snowplow, I don't care how big it is, but they target uh, folks because of their religion, you know, that's that's just not that's we're not accepting that. Like that just can't be accepted. We don't accept it in other parts of our society, and and the reaction is severe, and the reaction there should be severe. What exactly it is, I don't know. I haven't seen that video, but I would want to see it, um, and and I would want that individual. If it's it's clear that he's the one driving the plow, and he doesn't have some sort of an excuse as to why uh, the snow fell on those particular men at that particular time then, you know, he needs to be punished. And I'm going to tie in this point to my next point. He needs to be punished in somewhat of a public way. And Chris Boyle, who was just on from the New York uh, County Defenders, let's face it, I mean, he's in the, the, he's in a really rough place every day. I mean, I go back in those, those uh, holding cells, and he's representing people that I, I don't represent. So for those people who don't understand, he represents people who can't afford a lawyer. I represent people who can afford a lawyer. So he's not exactly dealing with um, some of the nicest people in the whole world. I don't have, I don't represent a lot of people who are holding people up at gunpoint and robbing them. That's not my typical clientele. For Mr. Boyle, it is. So he's coming from a little bit of a different uh, 
viewpoint than I am. But I will tell you what he definitely knows a lot better than I do is he knows the statistics. That is what he does at his job. Besides carrying a full caseload, he does an analysis of the statistics. And he said something at the end that like, oh, the new bail laws uh, haven't really affected the, the rate of crime. And I know Alvin Bragg had said the same thing. And it seems that the numbers bear that out, but reality doesn't bear that out. And the the vibe that it puts out doesn't bear that out. And you know, you're tying it in with the uh, the guy dumping snow on Jewish folks. Uh, you know, a message needs to be sent. Bail, even though it's not supposed to be punitive, folks. Having been in the system for right, right around thirty years now there was a somewhat of a punitive nature to it. And it sent a message because as tough as these guys want to be, oh, I don't care about jail. I don't care about jail. No one wants to be in jail. I mean, occasionally you'll find people who are mentally ill and they're, they're homeless and you know what, you go to jail and as horrible as the food is, um, you, you, know, you got a roof over your head and you have something to eat. What I didn't get to talk to Chris Boyle about was there is a hunger strike going on right now. It is actually the second hunger strike. And what I wanted to talk to Chris about, but I got, because look, I live in that world, so I'm intrigued by his knowledge because he does have his fingers on the pulse of the real numbers. Like, I didn't know there were 400 cases, trials that would went on typically in Manhattan. And, now, and then in 2020, there's four. Now, when he, just to, again, tell you where he's coming from, when he says, I don't think that had an effect on crime, one of the reasons why he's saying that is because most of those cases, most of those people who are waiting to have a trial wound up pleading guilty. And they pled guilty probably to something very similar that they would have pled guilty to anyway. Statistically speaking, I think only 80% of cases, more than that, I think it's close to 90% of cases go to tr- don't go to trial. In federal court, it's even higher. Justice Alito wrote a decision where he talked about how important plea bargaining is because 94, 96% of federal cases in the United States of America don't go to trial. I was interviewed the other day uh, by Law 360, and I was asking, you know, what's the difference in practicing law from when you started till today? And I said, there's no more trials. And when I was a kid, my dad was always on trial. It was, it was always trial, trial. When I was in the DA's office, I tried 13 felonies in a 12-month in a 12-month period. 13 felonies. That's a lot, folks. Those are all robberies and rapes and attempted murder. Now the system is all designed to force a plea and not to go to trial. But you know, this show is about making everyone think, maybe making you pick up your phone and do a little bit of research. You know, we started off the show talking about the crime wave, talking about, you know, uh, police officer Mora and the tragedy and how we need to do better fighting crime. And then, you know, we go to the person who defends those people who are um, accused of the crimes. And I'm just telling you, as someone who lives in the system, as someone who wants New York to be as great as New York can and wants America to be as great as America can, all ends of the system have to work properly, including the prison system. So the story I wanted to get to with Mr. Boyle was that one of the people who he directly uh, represents, it's his, uh, it's his client, uh, was the person who was involved with the hunger strike. And why did they go on a hunger strike? Because things are so bad at Rikers. Things are so bad at Rikers for the people who are not convicted felons. 
all they are are arrestees, detainees. They've been people who have been arrested. That the food is so bad, the lack of being able to go to the recreation room, the lack of being able to watch TV, the, the temperature control, the rats that are running around, the cockroaches that are running around. You're sleeping and there's rats and, and mice running all over you. And, you know, oh, who cares? They're criminals. No, folks, this is America. They're actually not criminals at that point. And, you know, you know when, when people wake up and say, how could these things be this bad? When their family member is there. You don't know over the years how many clients that I have had who have been understandably so pro-police officer. They're very conservative in their views, et cetera, et cetera, waving the American flag until their loved one gets arrested by the word of one other American citizen. So one citizen points to another citizen and says, that's the person who stole my car. That's the person who stole my wallet. That's the person who punched me in the face. And all of a sudden, these people who were so believing in our system were like, how could that happen? How could my loved one be going to jail based on the word of one person? I said, well, that's the way the system works. Well, have you been to the jail? It's horrible in there. And I want to say, well, Two weeks ago when we were at dinner having this conversation, your attitude was, well, who cares? They've been arrested. They're charged with a crime. They're probably guilty anyway. They don't need a, they don't need a decent place to stay. But now that it's someone in their own world who's in that same exact position, boy, you have to hear how their tune changes. But the part about this Rikers Island part that, this, that, that really upset me, and we could have some people on from the Corrections Officers uh, Union, is that one of the people, Chris Boyle's client, who was the one who kind of led the, uh, the, the the hunger strike. And again, this is a hunger strike. Who are they hurting? Themselves. Everyone who's listening, when was the last time you've been hungry? Not like, oh, I could have something to eat, but like hungry. Like you've gone a day without eating, two days without eating. I'm not talking about when you have to go for a colonoscopy and you got to drink that stuff. I'm talking about going two days, three days, four days with no food. So who are these inmates, they're not inmates, these detainees, because they haven't been convicted, who are they hurting? They're hurting themselves to make a point, to bring attention to a point. The way Alvin Bragg has to bring attention to people jumping the turnstile. The way we have to bring attention to a a guy if he's a sick in the head throwing a a snowplow, a pile of snow on people because of their religion. The way we have to bring attention to people when when bail can be set that, you know what, if you get charged with a crime, there there is some degree of of accountability while you're uh, while you're waiting for your case to be called. Not in every case. It needs to be fixed. But here here's what happened in Rikers Island. So the guy goes on a hunger strike. A bunch of them, a whole block went on a hunger strike. They weren't going to eat. It gets a lot of notoriety. Who does that make look bad? The people who run the prisons. whether the administration, the corrections officers, and what's been reported now all over the newspaper is the person, the inmate who, I'm sorry, the detainee who led the, the, the the (laughs) hunger strike, sorry, the train went off the track, they threw him into a cell with a bunch of gang members, and they told the gang members that he was snitching on them, and they beat the heck out of this guy, beat the heck out of him. And again, anyone who's thinking, well, you know what, he's been arrested for for stealing a car anyway, or he's been arrested for robbery anyway, 
That, is that America? I mean, is that the country that is that we're supposed to be the best country on the planet Earth? We're supposed to be the best city on the planet Earth? Is that how we want it? It's one thing if someone is guilty, they should go to jail, but they should go to jail that is a, a dignified, appropriate human rights type of jail. They shouldn't be in America going to sleep when they're not convicted of a crime, having rats crawling on them, having cockroaches crawling on them, having unedible food. That's just, that's not us being the best that we can be. And by the way, we just elected Eric Adams. He agrees. He agree. He ran on Rikers Island has to be fixed. So I hope I'm making everyone think. And today I was asked, are you some sort of a conservative? I was like, why'd you say that? Well, some of you seem very conservative. I don't think anyone who just heard me the last five minutes is going to think I'm conservative. I am a New Yorker who wants New York to be the best that it can be. And for the judicial, the criminal judicial system to be the best it can be, it has to work great on both ends. On the one extreme, we have to make sure what happened to police, Detective Mora, Detective Rivera doesn't happen to anyone else ever, ever, ever again. And on the other end, we got to make sure that inmates who are complaining about their conditions don't get beat up by other inmates while correction officers watch. We're better than that, folks. I'm Liz Clayman, and this is the Fox Business Report. A choppy trading session with stocks finishing higher as investors weighed a recent crop of strong earnings results against continued uncertainty over the impact of higher interest rates this year. The Dow rising 273 points, the Nasdaq up 106, S&P 500 up 31. And General Motors stock is falling in the extended session after the automaker reported a mixed quarterly report, missing on sales as GM tries to grapple with supply chain constraints. In advanced micro devices, shares are surging in the extended session after the chipmaker's financial results and outlook for the quarter and year blew past Wall Street estimates. And shares of Starbucks are falling after hours. The coffee giant reported that earnings came in below Wall Street forecast for its holiday quarter. Its CEO attributes inflation, the new variant of COVID-19, and labor concerns for its earnings miss. That's your Fox Business Report. I'm Hillary Barsky, invested in you. Biden's massive spending plan has expanded America's money supply and taken money out of your pocket. But you can fight back against runaway inflation by sheltering your IRA or 401k with gold through Birch Gold Group. This is Stephen K. Bannon, and I'm proud to be a customer of Birch Gold. Join me. Birch Gold has created a free info kit on protecting your retirement with gold in a tax-sheltered account. Just text the words SHELTER to 989898. Text SHELTER to 989898 and learn how to shelter your IRA or 401k with gold. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored in part by the good people at Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey. America's been thunderstruck by the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. Get high style without the high price, plus an industry-leading 10-year, 100000 mile powertrain limited warranty drive one today at freehold mitsubishi for the best selection and outstanding customer service just a short ride from anywhere in the metro tri-state area visit freeholdmitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788 liberty mutual insurance company presents and doug and we're back with limu emu and doug for the final question category is things you climb all right limu what do you think you sure? We're going with 
Liberty Mutual customizes your car insurance so you only pay for what you need. Uh, oh, so close. We were looking for stairs. Huh. Only pay for what you need. Liberty, 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 Liberty. been 74 today i don't think you could say kinky girl anymore would you get in trouble for that matt yeah why not it's just a song i don't know man yeah there's a lot of things that are said in songs that you can't say anymore um just to round out that last thought we will um have someone on from the department of corrections for sure to talk about rikers island but in other legal news having nothing to do with crime a lawsuit was filed uh this afternoon in federal court uh, against the National Football League, the NFL, and the New York Giants. Thank you to my friend Al Gattulo for getting this to me as soon as it broke. The great Al Gattulo from Piscopo in the morning, who uh, one of the most knowledgeable men in sports that I know. Here's the bottom line. Um, coach Flores is an African-American coach, and he just coached the Miami Dolphins, and he was fired after having three successful seasons. When I say successful, they were um, winning seasons. And this past season, the last nine games, he went eight and one. They won eight games. They lost one. So you would think they would keep the the coach, but they're not suing the Dolphins. Uh, Well, they're suing the whole NFL, but they're not suing the Dolphins specifically. Um, Here's what takes place. The New England Patriots coach is the legendary Bill Belichick. Coach Flores used to work for Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick texts Flores, um, congratulations, uh, uh, the the Giants, uh, getting the Giants job, or maybe just the interview. It's unclear with that text. And then he goes, oop, I'm sorry. And I think he curses, I messed up in a tougher way than that. They already gave the job to... um, uh, I think his last name is Debole. Brian Debole. D-A-B-O-L-O. That's his name. Brian Dable. Thank you. Brian Dable. You know, I'm worried about, like, Breyer and, and Thomas and Roberts, not really the coaches of the football teams. And Anthony Weiner already yelled at me for mispronouncing Niels Lofgren's name. Um, so anyway, um, basically, before the black coach even had an interview, Three days before the black coach even had an interview, and I'm making it literally black and white because that's what the whole lawsuit is about, the white coach had already gotten the job, was already told he got the job. Now, they're saying the only reason why they know that is from Bill Belichick's text. So Bill Belichick's head must be spinning off of his shoulders because now he's in the middle of this 50-page federal lawsuit. And there's this rule in the NFL that I learned about today called the Rooney Rule, which is any... um, any team that's looking for a new head coach has to um, has to interview at least one black coach, or I think maybe they say a, a coach of color. Um, and the fact that they had already hired someone before they even interviewed the person, the candidate of color, here it's the former Miami Dolphins coach Flores, um, not only is it a violation of that rule, but they're suing for all different kinds of uh, redress from the NFL, from the New York Giants specifically. 
Um, the attorney who's handling the case, Doug Wigdor, I know quite well because he sat in the front row almost every day of the Harvey Weinstein trial two years ago, right this second. Um, and, uh, you know, his law firm is an excellent law firm by any measure. And he will fight very, very hard to get uh, Coach Flores um, a lot of money. However, however, is that really what Coach Flores wants? In other words, if you're now the owner of an NFL team and you have to hire a new head coach, do you want someone who is going to be, or who obviously is as litigious as Coach Flores? Or would you find someone who is equally competent or maybe even a less competent but not have to worry uh, that he's uh, you know going to start running into federal court and filing a 50-page lawsuit? I don't know. That's a close call. Um, by all accounts, Coach Flores had a very, very promising future. Uh, even though he didn't get this particular job, I, no one was on the impression he was not going to get another job very soon. Um, now, you're an owner, and or, or how about this? You're the owner of any business, any business, and you have two equally qualified people before you, and one has brought a lawsuit against their pl- past employer. Let's just pretend the NFL is his past employer, and one hasn't. You're the boss. Who do you want to hire? The one who's filed lawsuits and shows that they're not worried about doing this in such a public way in the Southern District of New York, the most serious way, the most public way? Or do you look at the candidate who maybe has has seen some adversity and said, let me see how things play out? I'm not giving you, I'm not telling you which way to go. I know in my mind which way I would go. Um, but that doesn't, for number one, that doesn't mean I'm doing it the right way. Um, but think about it. Two candidates in front of you. You're going to run, the, you're running Dunkin' Donuts. And one has sued the McDonald's that she or he worked at last time because of the way they were treated. And one worked at another McDonald's and no longer works there. And there is no lawsuit. Who, who is it that you, you're going to bring into your, your family, your, your, your work family? Because let's face it, with these coaches and the football teams, you know, it is a family, uh, it, it turns out to be a very family-oriented situation. Let's see. Is this a lighter note? Tom Brady. Um, he, he officially announced it. It leaked out. Uh, is he going to retire? Isn't he? He is retiring. Um, I, he, he retired on a high note. That comeback that he almost had last, this, whatever, not this past weekend, 10 days ago, was amazing. He was down by, I forget how many touchdowns, three maybe. Maybe he was down by 21 points. And he came back and tied it. And, I mean, amazing. And he won the Super Bowl last year at his new team, uh, in, in in the at the, at home for the Super Bowl, he literally has a model wife, has a beautiful family. He's calling it a day, and anyone who knows anything about sports will tell you that uh, you know he is the greatest quarterback. He is the greatest offensive player of all time, and I think the argument can be made that he is the greatest football player of all time. A lot of people start yelling at me saying, "No, Lawrence Taylor." was the greatest football player of all time because he literally changed the way the game was played where I am not knowledgeable enough about football, but you never hear that about Tom Brady. Um, He was definitely the best at what he did. If you're starting a football team from scratch, 
You want Tom Brady as your quarterback, and you want Lawrence Taylor as your linebacker. I don't think there's anyone who's going to disagree with that. And probably Jerry Rice as your your wide receiver. Um, but it's an end of an era. I mean, I was I, I said the other day, I was at his first Super Bowl win um, 20 years ago. And that was when, you know, he wasn't... He was a tremendous underdog. He was a, he was a kid, and but he was fighting for you know he was fighting for the Patriots right after nine eleven, and so he became a hero, uh, winning that game in very very dramatic fashion. And the New England Patriots had been to the Super Bowl before, but that was their first win. And I mean, he's got so many wins. Uh, the funny part is Eli Manning today. Uh, he I think he put up a little video. Eli Manning's the quarterback of the New York Giants who retired in 2020. I said, I, I saw you win a Super Bowl when I was in college, which was uh, the, the first one 20 years ago. Uh, and he said, and then I saw you win, win along the way. Then I saw you win when I was retired. And then he made some sort of a quip about he, he beat him. He beat Brady twice. The last two New York Giants Super Bowls were beating uh, the Patriots, especially when the Patriots were undefeated. And they were trying to break the um, the record of the Miami Dolphins, who ended their season uh, winning the Super Bowl, being absolutely undefeated. And tomorrow is a big day. It is Groundhog Day. And I believe it was Mayor de Blasio's very first Groundhog Day when he dropped the Groundhog. And the Groundhog eventually died a couple of days later, maybe a couple of weeks later. Um, I am positive Eric Adams will not make that error. Uh, he will probably have a harness of some sort on the groundhog to make sure that doesn't uh, that doesn't happen to him. I'm not going to blame the mayor because the groundhog, if you watch the video, was pretty wily. But you know you got to know what you're doing if you're going to be the mayor and you got to hold on to the groundhog. What I here's my prediction: forget about the groundhog. It has been cold. It has been cold. You know, I look at it, if it's, if it's 40 degrees or above, I don't wear a coat. 40 degrees or below, there's like a couple of coats you wear that, you know, are not super heavy. But, you know, when you get under 30, now you're under freezing, you you have the heavy, heavy gear. It's been cold. It's been 20, 16, 19. So I think because God is giving us all this freezing weather now that we're going to get an early spring. So I, I pretend I'm a groundhog. And Idala is telling you there's going to be an early spring. Speaking of good weather, you're going to stay tuned because Kevin McCullough has travel night. And I'm sure they're going to be talking about some cool places to travel to that will not be 19 degrees or 23 degrees or whatever it is. But the temperature is going to be, uh, won't be a factor tomorrow, no matter how cold it is at the funeral for police officer Wilbert Mora, who will be elevated to detective first class. I will do my best to be in attendance and pay my respects on behalf of all of us, all New Yorkers. And um, let's just all do our best to be the best New Yorkers that we could be. All right. Have a good night, folks. Enjoy dinner. And I've been waiting for this moment for all my The preceding program, sponsored by Freehold Mitsubishi. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.